John chapter 11. Y'all bear with me. I've got a word this morning that's just burning on the inside of me. John chapter 11. We'll begin in verse number 1. John chapter 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. John 11. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany. Uh, uh, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother uh, Lazarus was sick. So John wrote this after all this took place. He's writing this from memory. Uh, In the next chapter or two is when we're going to see Mary anoint Jesus. But he's identifying uh, uh, which Mary it was because in that day and age, uh, a lot of people were named, a lot of ladies uh, were named Mary. Uh, it's kind of like that show, uh, The Big Greek Wedding. Weren't they all named Mary on there? Yeah, Crystal's my big Greek wedding expert. But uh, uh, they were all named Mary. A lot of women uh, named Mary. So he's identifying which one it was. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is sick. Number one, it is very powerful for us to understand When sickness shows up, the first person who needs to get news is the Lord our God. He needs to get news that we understand that He loves us. He needs to get news that we understand that He is the healer. He is the God that heals us. He is the God who sets us free. He is not the God who puts us in bondage. He is not the God who makes us sick. He is not the God who makes us poor. He is not the God who makes us in debt. He is the God who loves us and wants to save us, sanctify us, set our feet on a solid rock, let us live a healthy life, let us live an overcoming, overpowering life. And the quicker that you can get that through your mind, the quicker you begin to develop what's called the mind of Christ. And if you want to know what the mind of Christ is, you have to look at uh, John. John chapter number 1 where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God therefore Christ Jesus who is defined as the word is the mind of Christ he is the word of God is the mind of Christ Jesus is the word and therefore when we can get our mind in line with God's word now we begin to develop the mind of Christ now we begin to develop the thought patterns of Jesus if you want to know what Jesus is thinking about all the time number one he's thinking about the lost he will leave the 99 sheep and he will go find the one that is lost. He's also thinking about his friend uh, who might be sick or in some kind of an ailment. And the Bible says in John 15, 15 that you are not just called a servant of God but you are called a friend of God. Therefore, Jesus is constantly thinking about your well-being and the quicker that we can understand that his plan for our life is for good and not evil, that his uh, will above all else is that we prosper and be in health, it's then in that moment that we become uh, we begin to develop the opportunity Opportunity, we begin to develop the opportunity to become all that God has for us. Because until you can wash your mind with the water of the Word, you'll be stuck in that same stinking thinking that you were in before you got saved. And now you're dealing with attitudes and stuff that God never equipped you to deal with. On the contrary, He has designed you miraculously to be redesigned by the Word of God that you might exist at the level that He's called you to exist, which is the way Jesus prayed when He said, Let your kingdom that is there come here somebody say amen there's something about God that whenever you begin to take your problems to him and begin to declare how strong he is in the face of them that causes faith to rise up on the inside of you 
that causes uh, power to come up on the inside of you. Verse number 4. When Jesus heard that, He said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man might be glorified thereby. I'm going to read that in another translation. When Jesus heard this, He said, This sickness will not lead to death. This sickness will not lead to death, but it will lead to God's glory so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Some of you are facing situations right now that the situation or the sickness is telling you this thing is going to lead unto death, but this thing is not going to lead unto death. This thing's end game is going to be God getting the glory. This thing's end game is going to be Jesus Christ magnified and everybody understanding that you do not serve a dead God. You do not serve an idle God. You do not serve a slow God, a slack God, or a weak God. You serve the living God who it is His good pleasure to bless you. It is His good pleasure pleasure to heal you. It is the opportunity that we have as children to run to our Abba Father, our Daddy Father, to make our requests known unto Him and by faith receive that which we request. Therefore, it is overwhelmingly important for you and for me to understand that this thing that I'm going through will not end in death, but it will end in God getting some glory. It's going to end in the power of God being exposed in my life. It's going to end in the strength of God being revealed in my life. I don't care how big the giant is. I don't care how big the mountain is. What I do care about is God is bigger than the giant and God is bigger than the mountain. This thing that is threatening me, let it bark like a yapping dog, but I will not be moved by what I see and I will not be moved by what I hear because before this thing is over, out of the mouth of Jesus Christ Himself, before this thing is over, it will not end in death for me but it will end in the glory of God there's something about God that changes every situation and the more we try to apply his word to our life the more we get to experience the word of God in our life verse 5 now Jesus loved Martha uh, uh, her sister which was Mary and Lazarus Jesus loves your whole family even crazy cousin Johnny Jesus loves your whole family there's not a piece of your family that he doesn't love. That family member you've been praying for for a hundred years, they're coming back. That family member you've been praying for for 30 years, they're coming back. That family member you've been praying for for an hour, they're coming back. Come on, somebody. Jesus loves them all. When he had heard, therefore, he was sick, he abode two days in the same place where he was. I probably would have preferred Jesus to come immediately, uh, but sometimes... We have to uh, be strengthened. And, and, and the Bible says that we're strengthened by waiting on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. You and me sometimes, when we're praying, have to understand that God is strengthening, strengthening us while we wait. Well, how could that happen? Well, you guys know the end of the story before I get there. Lazarus is going to die and he's going to be raised from the dead. But the situation is very interesting. Is it a bigger miracle for somebody to be healed of a sickness or is it a bigger miracle for somebody to be raised from the dead? Obviously, somebody raised from the dead. 
So their faith is going to be strengthened before this whole thing is over. But you and me, whenever we are waiting on the promise of God to show up, we have to make sure that we are having our strength renewed. We have to understand that our wings are getting fitted for us in that moment. And at the right season and the right time, we are going to mount up with wings as eagles. We're going to be able to run and not grow weary. We're going to walk and not faint. Some of you, you could just say, if I could just walk a little bit and not faint, forget about uh, running. Well, here's the deal. Just worry about walking for a while and God will bring the running later but take a step come on somebody take a step but those that wait on the lord will renew our strength skip down to verse 11 these things said he after that he said unto them our friend lazarus our friend our friend lazarus sleeps but i go that i may awake him out of sleep verse 12 then said his disciples oh great if he's asleep he'll be fine if he's asleep, he'll be okay. 13, howbeit uh, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was t- uh, speaking of him just taking a nap, if he was just, you know, uh, resting for a while. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Jesus, uh, Lazarus, is dead. Nothing is dead in your life until God says it's dead. And even when God says it's dead, He is the resurrection and He is the life. If that thing is dead, it doesn't mean it's dead forever. It might just be dead for a moment. Some of you have got dreams that you've been believing God for and you're sitting there saying, I've laid it on the altar of God and the thing hasn't taken a breath in a decade. Well, here's the situation. The thing may look dead, but God works best with dead things. You don't believe me? He says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I am a dead man being used by Jesus. I may look like a Brian Hallam suit, but I am wall-to-wall Christ on the inside. Brian Hallam is a man who died several years ago, and Jesus Christ now lives on the inside of me, and that's why He can use me, not because I'm good at being anything other than what He tells me to be. Something about God that shifts your situation. But the interesting thing that I find is Jesus says, He says He's asleep. Well, Jesus, do do you need a Webster's Dictionary, Lord? Are we confused about the definition of sleep? And I can hear the Lord saying, No, I do not need a new definition, but maybe you could get a new definition. Because in order to describe what Jesus is talking about, the only word that he could come up with in that moment would be sleep and not death. Because when somebody is asleep, it doesn't cause grief to come up in your life. When somebody is is asleep, it doesn't cause mourning to come into your life. I go every night. I've got three kids uh, in different rooms. uh, One of them. She wants to hear, uh, Jesus, lover of my soul. Uh, uh, the other one wants to hear, Jesus, lover of my soul. And the other one, uh, she wants to hear, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So I sing them all. After we pray the power of God into their life. So I'm, I, I pray for the kids. And, and, you know, I do not come out of their room when they go to sleep crying as if I have lost them. I don't come out of their room crying as if I'll never see them. To be honest with you, sometimes Crystal and I come dancing out of there saying they're asleep, bless God. I don't get concerned because they go to sleep. Lazarus lays dead. Jesus describes him as asleep. 
The reason he describes him as asleep, because in Jesus' understanding of eternity, even if Lazarus was dead, even if Jesus was going to decide not to raise him from the dead, it was not a situation where Lazarus was gone. He was just separated for a very small window of time in the scale of eternity. The Scripture says that I would not have you be ignorant of those that are asleep. The reason he constantly uses the word asleep is because when a Christian dies, he doesn't want you and me being concerned as if we would not see them. Now, it would not be natural for us not to mourn for them, but it's the same way those unique times whenever your your baby goes to sleep in the middle of the day and something exciting is happening around and you wish that they were awake, but they're that really, really asleep part and they won't wake up. You know, you pick their arm up and their arm just falls, pick their arm, their arm just falls. They're super asleep, but you were wishing that they were awake so that they could be experiencing what's happening, but they're asleep. So it's the same way. We can feel that way, but listen to me, it would be ignorant it would be uninformed for us to be so concerned with the people who sleep in Christ that we mourn for them as if there is not hope of a place called glory of a place where there's streets of gold pearl gates mansions walls made of jewels uh, uh, no light in that city except the light Christ Jesus angels going about the throne constantly singing holy 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 all of our loved ones walking around a big sea made out of glass these are the things that we're going to experience soon and very soon either when Christ comes back and raptures this church out of here or Christ tarries and at 120 years old a chariot of fire comes down and picks us all up and we ride up out of this thing either way that's what we're going to experience we are not separated but for a small season of time that's why Jesus said he's just asleep now I'm a math guy okay I enjoy numbers. Uh, uh, numbers to me are like a language. I can't, I can't hear numbers without, without immediately adding them up or subtracting them or dividing them and, and just, just, just numbers. So, so here's the deal. The Bible says, uh, I wouldn't have you be ignorant that one day is to a thousand years to God. One day is a thousand years. One day to God is a thousand years to us. So if you want to put that into uh, 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 hours... 24 hours to God is a thousand years to us. Is everybody with me? 1,440 minutes to us, or to Him, is a thousand years to us. Put it in seconds. 86,400 seconds to God is a thousand years to us. Let me put it a little bit different. If you have a loved one who has gone to sleep in Christ, who is blood-bought, who was saved by the grace of God, who is transitioned into eternity, and they died ten years ago, that means that they've been in heaven, according to God's time clock, for approximately 14 minutes and 24 seconds. One day is to a thousand years. My grandfather died two years ago on Pentecost Sunday. That means he's been in heaven for approximately two minutes and 51 seconds. That's why there's no tears in heaven. I will wipe away every tear from their eyes, says the Lord. That's why when somebody's... My grandfather walked into heaven. My my grandmother went to uh, heaven several years before him. So she was there about 10, 15 minutes uh, before he was. Uh, And and, and so she's sitting there and she walks in. She goes, well, hello, St. Peter. How are you doing? And I know my grandmother. And she probably made an offer on that pearl gate right there. 
She probably said, you know what, this would probably look better at my house, Peter. I'm just going to be honest with you. So she walks into heaven, and I don't know about you, but heaven, the Bible says, uh, is so glorious and grand that there's no way somebody could take it in in ten minutes. Can I get a witness? Nobody can take in heaven in ten minutes. So she's walking around, and, and maybe she hasn't seen Jesus yet. Maybe she decides to go see her house first, or somebody takes her to see her house, or her mom's there and takes her to see her house. I don't know. But she walks into her house, and Jesus doesn't say that in my house are many trailer houses. God bless trailer houses. He says, in my house are many mansions. So you may want just a shack in heaven, but I want every piece of property that Jesus Christ's blood paid for me, and I want it all because I understand that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't get mad at me because I believe the book. So she may have gone into heaven, knocks on her door and realizes, why am I knocking? This is my house Jesus built for me. And she walks in and she gets in the foyer and the foyer's got a beautiful chandelier because she loves chandeliers. And it's got hideous wallpaper because she loves hideous wallpaper. And she's walking around and, and maybe it took her five minutes to walk there. I don't know how long it takes her. Or maybe she floated there. Maybe she flew there. Maybe she took the, the Holy Ghost Express. I don't know how she got to her house. But she gets to heaven. She's been there about five minutes. Two or three minutes goes by. Now she's through the foyer. She's into the kitchen because she loves to cook. And she's sitting there saying, where are the sweet potatoes in heaven? Because I make the best sweet potato pie you've ever seen. So St. Peter then brings her sweet potatoes. Now it's been about eight minutes, maybe nine minutes. And then all of a sudden, in through the door, comes my Paul singing an old song goes like this I see the Lord I see the Lord He is high and lifted up and His train fills the temple the angels cry holy the angels cry holy the angels cry holy is the Lord and then as soon as he sings that song, she looks over and says, Oh, hey, Dad, glad to see you. Because she's been dead for us for several years, but she was only separated, if a day's a thousand years, for about eight stinking minutes. So for Jesus to explain death to me and you, He can't say death. He has to say asleep. So Lazarus is asleep. Jesus is explaining it. Saying, listen, guys, he's just... He's just napping, and the disciples are like, Oh, thank goodness, Grace, we thought he was dead. And Jesus is like, Guys, how long must I tarry with you? He is dead, but not your kind of dead. He's my kind of dead. He's just asleep. We'll see him in a little while. So the Bible says, uh, Jesus said plainly, Lazarus is dead, verse 15. And then he said, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Uh, to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go unto him. Meaning, he says, I'm glad because you guys know me as the healer, but I really want you guys to know me as the resurrection also. Verse number 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, uh, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. My brother had not died. Verse 22. But I know... That even now, whatsoever you will ask God, God will give it to you. Two things I want to point out. Some of you, in your confession, you need to get the but out of the way. Some of you, in your confession, you need to add a but. Here's a scenario. Some of you need to get your butt out of the way like this. 
I know God can and I know God will, but it's just hard to understand. That was a great confession until you added your big butt in the middle of it. Some of you... Uh, see, there's a difference between facts and truth. There's a difference between facts and truth. The fact may be that you have a bad report. But the truth of the matter is by His stripes you are healed. You speak of things that are not as though they were and they shall be. It is not wise to ignore what a doctor says unless a burning bush has told you to ignore what a doctor says. But you do not end with the facts. You end with the truth. So whenever you have a information that comes out of your mouth, the most powerful thing that is in your body is your mouth because it determines life and death. The Bible says the power of life and death is in your tongue. So the most powerful thing you've got is your lips. It's your tongue. It's what comes out. So some of you need to add a but to every time you say a fact. You need to add a but. The truth is this. So it comes like this. The doctor says, I got this, this, and this. But I know my God is more than able. I know He's more than capable. I know His stripes have healed me. And I'm not backing off one inch. Some of you need to add a butt. And somebody need to get your butt out of the way. Don't end a statement with a lack of faith. End a statement with some faith, bless God. With some faith. We had a pig one time. Why y'all laughing? The different pig. I got a new pig now. We're Gentiles, y'all. Had a pig one time. <laughs> it was vicious. I caught it in the woods, you know. A friend of mine caught it for me, actually. And I brought it home and I made it this pen with an electric fence to keep it from digging out because I lived in a, in, a, in, a, in a Lake Conroe subdivision. It really wasn't perfect for swine. And, and, but my little girl, I thought, would be great with this little pig. So I put the pig in a dog carrier. And the pig was about this tall, so it was probably too big to try to tame. And it was also a, a, a boy pig, a boar. So it was just, I mean, it was like mean as a snake, you know. So I was going to put it in the back of my truck, but it was so blazing hot. I was afraid, you know, I'd cook the pig on the way home in the back of my truck. So I put the pig in the back seat of my truck. And, and... Haley was so little at the time that <laughs> Haley was so little at the time and I put her in her car seat in the back and this pig is going bananas on this uh, uh, on this dog carriage just I mean just I mean reckless abandon like whoa this thing so I was like Haley uh, you want to sit in the front with daddy because <laughs> I was scared the pig was going to get out and you know do whatever pigs do and so you think this is a pig? We need a pig song? <laughs> you trying to help me here? <laughs> this brother trying to bail me out. I'm too far in, babe. I got to tell a story. So anyway, we get to the house and take the pig out. The pig gets there. And I got this electric fence that's made for like, like thousands of feet for cattle. And this pig is so mean, he just lays on it. And he lays on it. He just... <laughs> looking at me with just I'll be honest with you just looking at me with hate in his eyes just my man this doggone pig so we tried to tame it for a while and every time I'd go in the pen he'd try to bite me try to kill my dog 
And I told the pig, I said, pig, you try to bite me again, you can't live here. He tried to bite me again. So he couldn't live here. So I had to get rid of the pig. And, and I was trying to figure out how I could tell Haley, because Haley had already named it, I believe Miss Piggy, even though it was a boy pig. So I came in, pig was gone, pig was asleep. So I'm saying, I didn't mean to get this story, I wish I'd have picked another story. Pig was asleep. So I, 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 I go in the house, and, and Haley said, Dad, how's my pig doing? I said, fine. She said, oh, good. I said, baby... Your pig got sick and died. And Crystal said to me, Don't tell her that. And I said, Baby, the pig is asleep. She said, When we get sick, God heals us. So we don't want the seed of sickness is unto death being put in our little baby's head We want the seed of this sickness is not unto death, but the glory of God is going to shine before it's over in their little mind and in their little spirit. And I said, okay. I said, baby, your little pig has passed away. She said, oh, why? I said, it was mean as a snake and I was scared it'd bite you. She said, good. She kept eating her Cheerios. And then she said to me, she said, well, Daddy, how did it die? I said, ask your mama. (laughs) True story. Then Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. But I know that whatever you say, whatever you ask God, he'll give it to you. Jesus said unto her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said unto him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. She knew the Bible. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet, yet, yet shall he live. I'm going to stop there and pick up next week. I promise you don't want to miss next week. But I just want you to know, even if it looks dead, He is the resurrection and the life. He's not slow. While you're waiting, your strength is being renewed. Power's coming into your situation. Many of you may have just come to hear this one thing. If somebody that you love is in heaven right now, and everybody in this room has somebody that's in heaven right now, if they died 42 years ago, on God's time clock, that's only one hour in heaven. So those people that we love, when Jesus says they're asleep, it's so that we can understand it's just for a moment. It's just for a, an eternity. 
God would never take them from us and make it where we couldn't have access to them. When you're making your confession, come up here, man. When you're making your confession, in that confession with a word of faith, don't ever let a simple thing become large because you did not put the Word of God in the middle of it. Do not let a large thing intimidate you because the God who we serve is larger than anything that will ever come against you. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would please.